We're going to jump in and talk about unanswered prayer, ultimately, or prayers that don't go the way we thought they would go, really perseverance in prayer. You could call it all kinds of different things. But we're talking about how your prayer life matters, and we're digging into the reality that this is one of the subjects that the disciples thought was the secret sauce of the faith. Those who were walking with Jesus, they totally comprehended this as being the most important thing to learn from Jesus. And they asked him, how do we pray? And Jesus answered, and we're looking at the, the Matthew passage that he answers in verse 9, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come soon, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. That's, that's how he taught them how to pray. The aim of the series, again, is to grow our relationship with Jesus. It's to grow our relationship with God and our, our connection with God, to be able to have an open conversation. And we're looking at six different elements of prayer over the six weeks. We've already looked at adoration. Our Father in heaven. Father. Daddy. Right? We've looked at petition. Give us today. Like asking. It's okay to ask for things in prayer. We've looked last week at intercession. Praying on behalf of someone else's need and in literally co-authoring reality and praying for God's kingdom to come. Your will be done. We want your will to come onto earth. And we're looking at that again today. Ultimately, the other second half of it is perseverance. Your will be done. Help me submit to your will. I don't get it. I don't get what's happening, but your will be done. And maybe you've been dealing with this this week. You know, maybe you've asked questions. I know some of you have asked questions. You had to have. I've asked questions. And maybe you spent the first part of your week having a flashback to gluing yourself to the news and, and having a flashback to maybe Columbine, if you're old enough to remember that, or maybe 9-11. But moments where you just sit in shock and go, could evil really be this bad? Like, how can this bad of something happen? And, uh, and you sit there and think about what we've been reading and teaching. And it was fitting that we've been talking about prayer because we knew what to do with the emotion. But it's like, um, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? We've been praying this. Uh, rescue us from the evil one. Hello? God? And it's that moment where you're just like, are you there? We prayed for the prayer requests this last week that were all written on the back of your Connect card or the ones that were submitted digitally. And even one of them said, word for word, pray our nation can come together. We prayed for that. That was written on Sunday morning. And then bad things in America happened. <laughs> I don't want to be the sharer of bad news here this morning, so I'm not going to go into detail of the tragedy. But tragedy struck. God? 
And you might sit there and go, Thad, man, you're a pastor. You can't say, you can't teach on unanswered prayer. This is bad. You're going to elevate the tension and the bad things and, and the bad things that are happening in the world and, and, and the, then remotely tie that to the silence. And then it's going to be, it's going to make somebody doubt. Man, maybe we shouldn't talk about unanswered prayer because it's just too awkward. And it's going to leave more answers unanswered than answered. No. I think if you begin to talk about the tensions of bad things happening in the world and God being able to still bring remedy or turn what's bad into good, maybe the opposite is true. Maybe if we follow the example of Jesus, right? That picture with me that the reality is when we're honest about our unbelief and our doubts and our struggles and our confusion and the lack of answers, it makes us trust in God more. Because we trust that only he can work out what our mindset, what our mentality as humans cannot grasp. We just can't understand it. How high, how wide, how deep. How You can fathom way more than me, God. It's beyond my ability to comprehend. So what is the example of Jesus? How does he handle this? What did he pray? Well, there's another prayer that's recorded. Mark 14, verse 36 says, this is Jesus praying. He says, Abba, Father, right? Again, Daddy, Abba, Father. He cried out, it says. Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So Jesus leaves it in his Father's hands. You have to understand, maybe you haven't had a chance to open up the Bible. The New Testament of the Bible is the like new half of the Bible. It starts where Jesus comes to earth and he's the son of God and and he shows up and, and it records his life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These three books from four different perspectives, four different people writing about Jesus. And it explains how like Everything transpired and, and records as much about his life as they could on, on pages and comprehend. And they were doing it under obedience of God's, like, instigating them to do it. And so that's the first part of the New Testament, of the Bible. These things that were written and confirmed by hundreds of witnesses. And so they write this down and they record this prayer. And after this moment... Jesus was taken by force after this prayer. In fact, it was one of his 12 closest disciples, those that were closest to him, and he did miracles with them, the same people who asked him how to pray. One of them betrays Jesus for money, hands him over to the rulers of the day, and he couldn't handle it himself that he had done that, And he takes his own life. Even in the Bible, we have murder-suicide. Nothing new under the sun. Then, Jesus was unjustly sentenced to death. He was portrayed by the very legal system of his day. In fact, he was tortured. In fact, he had to carry his own cross. The death penalty of the day was, was to be hung on a cross. And he had to carry his own cross 
publicly humiliated through the city and and like they hung him on his own cross. They nailed him to his own. It's like carrying your own coffin to a a grave just to have a really long, torturous death penalty executed before they put the dirt on you. That's what happened to the Son of God. He was buried. The grave was sealed. And to those who were with Jesus, this felt like the quietest moment of their life. We, We, every year, take a moment and pause and reflect on that very moment on Good Friday, right before Easter. It's the moment where, man, the silence of that day must not have made sense. Unanswered prayer galore. The very Son of God did not make it through the evil of this world. And for all sakes and purposes, it appeared that God had not been trustworthy. That God didn't hear their prayers or take the cup from Jesus, the very, his very son who prayed for this. Did God miss it? Not, we know the rest of the story. If we've read the New Testament of the Bible in these Gospels, you know, no, he didn't miss it. His son had to go through this so that he could be buried and overcome death, hell, and the grave so that we could inherit eternal life. God understood that. Nobody else did. Sometimes we just don't understand what the Father in heaven understands. And honestly, how many parents would have curved? I mean, come on, think about the times when it's like, Dad, please, please, Dad. I mean, Dad, please, you know. And it's like, sometimes we can be tough, and it's like, no. Dad, come on, Dad, Dad. Okay, just, just this time. Would you wash my dishes from lunch? Not that that ever happens in my house. Anyway, you know, please, please, Dad. But God knew better. He couldn't curve on this, even though he had to watch his own son be crucified. Your will, not mine, be done. Jesus concluded that prayer. Big idea today, God hears all your prayers. He hears all your prayers. I promise you on the day of Jesus' prayer, being taken into captivity, being crucified, God was not checking his Facebook likes and just distracted for a moment. Oh, oh, I missed that. Now what do I do? God was not in that moment. He wasn't posting his favorite pic, you know. Um, He was... He didn't give a nonverbal cue that said, just a minute, Jesus. I'm busy ruling the world, just a sec, you know. That didn't happen. He heard it. He just knew he had to wait. He hears your prayers and is making his will and your desires line up. We talked about that a little last week. And at some point in the future, those will line up. It's unknown to us how. But we can be resting assured that he's preparing a way in the future. It's not in your notes, but you can jot us a, a, a note that in Isaiah fifty-two twelve it says, The Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel will protect you from behind. What does that mean? Well, he's going before you, and he's protecting you, 
you can trust God. He's here with you. He's there with you. Whatever you're going through, you can trust him. Your prayers once released from your mouth are co-authoring reality. But what do we do when it appears our prayers are going unanswered? What do we do? Why do our prayers go unanswered? And that's the question that's really, there's an unattainable answer for. I mean, you could try to assume, you could say, man, maybe your prayers are counter to God's will. Uh, Maybe you're praying for something bad to happen to people. (laughs) God's not going to like, he's not like your sorcerer magic guy that's going to go like make somebody's tire pop. They deserve a flat tire, God. I just pray right now. Nails in the name of Jesus. Um, spikes. You know, it's, that's not, he doesn't just go and beck and call. And, um, you know, just looking maybe uh, you've yet to put your faith in God, so you just don't really know what you're asking for, or you don't, you're not praying prayers with faith, and you're just like, man, but actually all these things, like you can even find things in the Old Testament that say like, If you turn a deaf ear to God, he'll turn a deaf ear to your prayers. But you know what? That's why he sent Jesus. So you can't just take a a, a little sound bite of the Old Testament and go, this is why. Who sinned, them or their brother, you know, that their prayers aren't being answered? No, there's a bigger deal going on that we can't comprehend. When we wrestle with this, it becomes futile and we begin to be confused. When we focus in on the why, it's... It can become impossible to answer, but maybe our time would be better spent today to look at the how. Like, how should we deal with unanswered prayer? How should we deal with the delay? How should we deal with the space that we just can't comprehend? What should we do when our prayers seem unanswered and things are crumbling around us? Thought one, remember God loves you. We're going to focus in on that prayer of Jesus, Abba Father, right? When he was just like, Abba Father, please take the suffering from me. I don't want this cup of suffering. I don't want this, but not my will, your will be done. Abba Father, he says, God, I know you love me. Jesus opened his prayer with Abba Father. In Romans 8, 15, it says, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves, Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For, the spirit, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are, not, or if we are to share his glory, we also share his sufferings. Oh. Well, can I just scratch that last part out? Because I don't want to share in his sufferings. I, it'd be great if, can I just, is there spot, can, is there an eraser in this digital Bible? Can I delete, select all? You know, you know. It's there. We have no promise of not suffering in Scripture. Our promise is in our inheritance. Our promise is in our identity. Children of God, like, I'm an heir of the kingdom. Like, this is crazy. That's our promise. Though our prayers seem to reach a silent void, we can be sure to know that our faith, our faith has positioned us in right relationship with our Father. And again, he's not distracted. He hears our prayer. 
And maybe that's a little soul affirming. Maybe that gives you a little nudge closer to participating in this thing we call prayer. Having a conversation with God. When you begin to battle in prayer, when, he, when, when the prayers look like they're failing or falling on deaf ears, this is when you need to remind yourself the truths of God. Now I've experienced something like this, and I'll bump in and out of this story during the course of the rest of our talk. For Dana and I, Dana being my wife, uh, we had a plan for our lives, right? And uh, we said, we're going to get married. We are going to be unfathomably rich. No, we didn't have that plan. Never mind. Uh, No, so we're going to get married. We're going to have four kids. We're going to be in ministry. Blotty, 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 blotty. And so we, we hit that ministry thing. We became youth pastors when we were married. Months, just a couple months in, we moved to Spokane and began to be youth pastors at Spokane Valley Assembly of God. And we were serving students. And we thought, let's serve for a few years. And then we will uh, have kids. We'll, we'll, we'll make the four kids thing happen. You know, a uh, perfect scenario. You have kids and they're separated by just a couple of years and they'll be friends and they'll hug each other and love each other and do everything we've ever asked them to do all the days of their life. Happy ending ever after. And so that was our, our deal. We were, we were positive it would happen. So we, um, we got this planned out for God and just told him to say amen to it. And us, we said amen. That's kind of how we scripted it. And when the time came and... Uh, and we were like, okay, this is the answer of our desire and our prayer. It's time. We're going to now um, start a family together. And we began to try to have a child. And uh, one month led to a, another month and another month. And we kept, we were trying to have a child. And then another month. And then we're like, um, the waiting became calendaring and scheduling and appointments and confusion and hurt and wonder and doubts and anger. We wanted a baby and yet God was not hearing us. And we've been praying for it for years, God, right? Instantly, I'm like, man, is it me? I was not a follower of Jesus like my wife. I did not live a pure life before marriage, and this is my fault. Like, I came to faith through the loss of life of an abortion. That's how I walked into church. Is experiencing that? Am I? Is this payback? Is it like a life for a life? Like I'm not going to be able to give life now because I, uh, I was involved in taking life. This is me. This is my fault, right? And you start to tell yourself, "I'm a pastor," telling myself these lies. And luckily, I knew to check those lies and go, "Of course not. God loves me, forgives me, yet." the doubts and blame and the self-talk. The enemy was loving to use that against me, right? Then we have students. 15 years old. Getting pregnant in our youth ministry. 
We're trying to get pregnant at home. And these students are getting pregnant because of making a mental lapse in judgment. I always tell students there's no form of accidentally getting pregnant. That's, that's not an accident. You know, I was just checking the mail naked. And like this guy was running naked. It was weird, Dad. That's not an accident. Hello. I've actually never given that illustration with my teenage daughter sitting in the front row. That was really awkward. Okay, so, um, <laughs> girls, can you just go to timeout for a while? I'm just kidding. Um, I'm preaching here. That uh, was hard. They're processing whether they're going to keep a life or take a life. And you're trying to consult them, but inside, you're dying. It was painful. It was not easy at all. Then we start processing, man, do we take medication? Do we go through medical procedures? Or is that a sign of unbelief? God, what do we do? Do you hear us? People began asking us, hey, when are you guys going to have kids? Well-intentioned, right? But, oh, the dagger. Well, we're practicing. That's what I would answer all the time. We're getting really good. Just so if you wondered, got it figured out. Practice makes perfect. You'd make light of it, but boy, it was just like, oh. And you try to laugh away the gut punch, right? Well, I get having to remind yourself of God's love and promises and, and hours and, and trying to, to encourage one another. And, and I, at that time, I, you know, the psalm, the psalms are like 70% questioning God's existence, right? If you've ever read the book of Psalms in the Bible, it's like, God, are you there, Right? And uh, people are around me. My enemies have surrounded me, but yet I will sleep. And so reading the Psalms, I got to Psalm 103 and was deeply encouraged by it. Because the author of that Psalm is like trying to convince himself of the promises of God are still real. He's like, praise the Lord, oh my soul, forgetting all my benefits. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, forgetting all my benefits. He's trying to convince his soul, keep believing in God because this sucks. Right? And I think that's a good assignment for us too. I think if we would look into the scriptures, we'll realize the Bible is more honest about unanswered prayer than most churches. Thought two today, don't give up on God. Don't give up. Jesus prayed in that prayer, Abba Father, everything is possible for you. Everything. Everything is possible. With God, no matter what we determine the odds are. And I think this is what makes me not want to give up, is to know that everything is possible for him. I mean, why end my life just because I think maybe I've, I've got cancer that could be terminal, so I think, well, okay, I'll just go move somewhere in a quiet cottage and, and you know, I'll just end my world. That's, but everything's possible. What if I trust like everything's possible? What if I pray like everything's possible? What would be possible if I do that and not give up early in the game? It's always been the position I've taken. I've always gone for the miracle. And if truly 
we want to err as followers of Jesus. If we want to err on a side, I would say we should err on the side of everything is possible in our decision making, in our prayers. I know that God can. He is able. I mean, we've shared the passage before in Ephesians 3.20. It says that now the glory of God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than all we ask or imagine. God is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would even pray or that we would pray for someone else. It'll just shock us. And we talked about intercession last week and calling on God and the promises of God being called down to earth. And so we need to pray his promises like this, that he is able. Like what does that sound like? What does it look like? Well, this week, this is what it looked like. God, I know you are able. You can accomplish infinitely more than what I ask and even think right now. So help Ellen Boyd's body be healed from this cancer. Give her the funding necessary from her insurance. God, you're the provider of all things, and we trust you. We literally prayed that prayer this week for someone in our community. Thought three. Continue to petition and intercede. Just demonstrated, right? Continue to pray. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, Jesus said. He knows the journey ahead. He knows what he's about to face. He's going to face all this betrayal. He's going to get beaten to a pulp. He's going to be unrecognizable. He's going to go to a cross. He knows this, and he's like, take it from me, Dad. This is not going to be good. It's like the Cougars are praying that for when they play the Huskies. God, I know we look good. Our football looks really good against second-string quarterbacks. But, Lord, we're going to play the Huskies in the Apple Cup, and they're going to beat up on us. I'm sure that's what they're praying like right now. Just saying. Okay, uh, moving on. That was, just, that was not in my notes, so I'm going to get back here. We continue to pray God's kingdom come for us. And others, we continue to pray God's will into being. We continue to claim his promises over our lives, even when it seems like everything's not going the way we thought it would go. If you've allowed me to pray with you, you've heard me pray something similar to, God, you know what I desire? I desire for a miracle here. I desire for healing. I desire for a breakthrough. But your will be done, God. That's not a cop-out. That's following Jesus' example. Do we have faith to follow his example and keep calling on God? So Dana and I chose to do whatever doctors said we should do, take medication, test, become test patients, you know, and and to have kids. And we were like going through this and just going, but still questioning and doubting, going, man, is this... Lack of faith that we did this? Or is this dependence on the reality that God did miracles and gave science the, the, the brilliance to invent all these different methods to bring about life? And we're just going to go through the, that door and trust God, right? We're having these mental conversations and out loud conversations with each other. And there's this question in the back of our mind, though. Man, is this us taking too much into our hands? I mean, we literally would have that talk. After a number of years, which seemed like an eternity, <laughs> we gave up on the medical side. We're like, this is frustrating. 
We're not, like, this is not intimate. This is not anything. Let's stop this and let's just trust on God. We just started living a life of prayer and started depending on him. Like, it, and after a number of years, um, we still were unable to get pregnant. We were petitioning. And we started to trust some people to pray for us. We started moving into that intercession. We, hadn't, we just felt like, man, we're serving so many people. We don't want to burden them with our need. But we finally started an intimate crowd of people that were safe. We said, hey, could you just be praying for us? We've been trying to get pregnant. And we think we're doing everything okay. Like, right? According to the book and stuff. But, like, nothing's happening. And if you could just be, be praying. It's in God's hands now. But, boy, that was a test. Thought for. Trust God's will. Jesus said, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Allow God to change your prayers, right? Allow God to say, hey, let's redirect this. Maybe we should pray this now. I know God knows best, but let me submit to his will and trust and pray for his best. And it's not God's desire for us to suffer in the face of pain and death of loved ones or family or friends or people being lost to gun violence or cancer, car accidents, untimely and all that. But what we do see in scripture is that God says he'll take all these natural realities of sin and disaster and earth that last all the way back to Adam and Eve's original sin and he'll take all of this that's been growing in darkness and evil since the beginning and he can still turn these moments to good that were intended for evil. We read it last week in Romans 8.28 where it said, everything works together for good of those who love God. God didn't want anyone to lose their life in Vegas last Sunday night. That wasn't him saying, this is a great time to just take these people out. Not a chance. But what he did do is he allowed his will to, to charge heroes in that crowd. What he did do is start working good for every equal bad that was occurring and his Romans 8.28 spirit just became alive there. People coming to the rescue of others no matter the color of their skin or orientation. Nobody asked, uh, Republican or Democrat? Okay, I'll help you. Not a chance. Didn't matter if they uh, were a police officer, a civilian in the army, a nurse, not a nurse, if you had a finger, plug a wound. And you hear these stories of heroes demonstrating how love operates in life's worst, most traumatic moments. People turning their hearts to God because of realizing only God could have intervened of the horrible, horrible evil that was happening here. Maybe there's good out of evil Maybe America can come together out of what was meant to destroy it. Well, back to our story. Dana and I had been allowing people to pray. And we had a, an evangelist in town that was speaking at a, 
a camp for us. And, and after camp, he stayed to do like revival services, if you've ever grown up in church. Like, uh, so a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday service, and youth were coming out, and we were praying for people. And it's the final night of that service, and we're praying for people and, and all, uh, in, this, in this church building and, and auditorium. And, and we're, Dana's on one side praying for people. I'm on one side praying for people. And the, the evangelist is praying for people like he's, he's hearing from God and just praying randomly for people that would like come up. And, and so all of a sudden I feel like this nudge, like, man, I think we should go up and be prayed for by Keith, who's there preaching, the evangelist. And, and at the same time, like we didn't have cell phones in the day. I wasn't able to just go, hey, hun. Um, prayer emoji. Should we go up onto the platform and, uh, you know, get prayed for? Lay hands on emoji. There, it wasn't like we, we didn't have that capacity. We just like, I, I'm walking towards the platform and then I look over and Dana's walking towards the platform and at that very moment, God speaks to Keith who's preaching and says, uh, Thad and Dana, if you could make your way up here, I want to pray for you. Um, and I don't remember the exact thing he said there, but I think he pretty much was like, God wants you to have children, like on the microphone. We hadn't told him our struggle, what we were wrestling through or anything. He just goes into this moment and we're like, what? You know, and, we're, and, and honestly, God so boldly touched us that moment like physically we could feel him touching our bodies and healing us it was crazy I can't explain it beyond me all I know is a few months later we find ourselves pregnant with twins and in fact after going in for the test we found out we were pregnant with identical twin boys and then one month later, they said, oops, those are girls. <laughs> so if you're wondering, there's an awkward silence there for a moment, Jocelyn and Jenna. But uh, I'm glad they figured that out. And, uh, they, but here's what's cool. Well, honestly, what was tense still is we did feel guilty. <laughs> I mean, the enemy will use anything he has in his arsenal to torture us. And, and we felt like, oh, man, we kind of... This, maybe it was the medication, you know, maybe it was all that we did medically, maybe this, and this ultrasound doctor from heaven is like, isn't this amazing? Isn't this such a beautiful miracle? This is the perfect twin pregnancy. Like, isn't it great to know that out of all the things out there in this world that we can do medically, you can do nothing to bring about identical twin children? And we were like, not, not anything? And He's like, no, this is just, when it happens, it's a miracle from God. Wow, God, way to show off, you know. Every time we would go in, it's a high-risk pregnancy, so you go in for a lot of ultrasounds, and he would just go, man, these two miracles are still doing great. We were reminded over and over, and so many people prayed with us and for us, and all of us were involved in that miracle. Side note. If you want to get pregnant, Dana and I have prayed for people, and uh, and we've prayed for people to get pregnant, and they have had twins. I'm just saying, if you're ready for a double portion, um, afterwards maybe find us off to the side, and 
you could be multiplying. That'd be awesome. Um, so, but I just, it's God, it's not us, guys. That's not real. In Jesus' name. I know a bunch of you are there today with unanswered prayers. You're here today with unanswered prayers, and you're just going, but you got your prayer answered. Yeah, that, yeah. And maybe Jaden would have preached today and wept a lot up here and shared the story of his mom and his mom passing away and prayer unanswered. Answered, but unanswered. And you're going, oh, been, we're all dealing with our own needs and prayers. And I just want us to imagine that God is working behind the scenes in a world that's becoming sicker and darker, more sickness and disease, more cancer, more rumors of wars, and instead of worrying, your will. Everything's possible, God, but your will, not mine, be done. And find some comfort in that. Find some trust in that. Our action point today is interesting. Be obedient. Be obedient. We follow the example of, of, of the son, Jesus, and crying out to his, his father and saying, your plan, not mine. I'm going to obey all the way to the cross and the grave, God. It's not the most gentle word, obedience, but there's no other word to explain what's expected of us. You can't sugarcoat it. Philippians 2, 5 through 8, this is what's said. You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God. And he died a criminal's death on a cross. That's what Jesus did for us. And if you're in one of those moments where it's just not seeming like things are being answered, it's obedience time. Okay, God, I'm going to continue down the journey. I'm seeing you guide me. You're telling me to pray. I'm going to keep on praying. And I'm going to keep on trusting. I'm going to bring others into the conversation. I'm going to pray with others about this too. I'm going to lay down my pride. And I'm going to ask people to pray with me because powerful and effective things happen when I do that. Your word promises that. And... Maybe your homework is to write in the side of your handout or jot a note to yourself, Psalm 103. Read that over and over and over until your soul believes it. All the promises of God. Start to write down those promises of God that have come true in your life. Don't let your current situation rob you of all your past victories with God. I'm going to pray for you today and land this thing. And I'm going to pray for us as we deal with unanswered prayers. Because they're going to happen to all of us. To the best of us. I'm going to believe that God has some incredible things ahead for us in this room. God, this is one of those days. One of those weeks. It's rough. More hurricanes. Loss of life through just crazy means 
We've witnessed pain and hurt and sorrow. We've witnessed guilt. We've witnessed rumors of war. Just what your word said. That's when we're supposed to keep on trusting you. Even when everything seems like it's going awful, we can call on you. So God, I pray that you would put a seed in each of us here today. A seed of trust and courage to pray with you. Pray to you. Pray with others for what is happening in the world around us. And believe that you've got it handled. God, if some are in this room and they've yet to enter into a relationship with you to have access to this faith and and love that is promised in your word, I pray that they would make that decision to become a follower of Jesus today. And simply say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want to become a follower of you and learn what that means. And God, as they fill out their connection card and check that box, I choose to follow Jesus. And we begin to have conversations of the faith with them. Lord, I pray that they'll discover the hope that they have in this simple act of conversation with you called prayer. Help us understand it. Help us understand what's going on as much as possible. But most of all, understand your love for us. Your will, not ours, be done. In Jesus' name. Worship team's going to sing a song, and then Ed's going to come and walk us through the giving envelope in a second. But jot your prayer requests on that Connect card or enter them in on your digital Connect card. We want to pray with you this week. We're believing incredible things for your life. So let us know what God is doing in